Coming up, the story of a Boston-based lady with plenty of metal. A modern take on the Cold War spy thriller. Plus, our distraction of the week. I'm Mel. I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time. Today we've got something new for you. We've got a guest coming in to talk about his distraction of the week. His name is Jeremy Anderberg. He is the author of the delightful free weekly newsletter, Read More Books. But first, we're going to talk about two new titles. Well, I'm not really into murdery true crime stories, but I love a good heist. A few months ago, we got really caught up in the Netflix documentary, This is a Robbery, the World's Biggest Art Heist. Do you remember this show? I do, yeah. It tells the story of two thieves who dress like cops, con their way into Boston's Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum, and walked out with $500 million worth of art. Yeah. Including paintings by Rembrandt, Vermeer, Degas, and Manet. This happened 33 years ago, and the art is still missing. Yeah. The two guys dressed up as cops, walked out with all that art, and vanished. It's a great documentary, but not if you're looking for answers because they don't really know. (laughs) So based on all of that, I was really excited to learn about the new book, The Lioness of Boston by Emily Franklin. This is a novelization of Isabella Stewart Gardner's life, and her bio is a corker. Rather than trying to fit into the snooty 19th century society in Boston, she was a free spirit. She traveled all over the world. London, Paris, Egypt, Asia. She hobnobbed with romantic authors, including Henry James and Oscar Wilde. She sometimes walked a pair of real lions in the Boston Public Garden. Wow. Yeah. And John Singer Sargent painted a stunning portrait of her. And she turned her Italian Palazzo-style house into a museum filled with the art and antiques she'd collected on all of her adventures. It's worth mentioning that the gift shop at her museum sells beautiful things, but also bookmarks, tote bags, and mugs with quotes from Isabella printed on them. That's nice. My favorite is a line that she wrote in an invitation. Here it is. I feel that either we will soon become enemies or also forever very, very good friends. Come to tea with me this afternoon. I need to know more about this lady. The book is The Lioness of Boston by Emily Franklin. My book is The Partisan by Patrick Worrell. This is a modern take on an old-fashioned spy thriller. The action centers around three characters. First, there's Greta, who back in the 40s was a teenager in Lithuania. Her parents were killed and she escaped into the woods. Over time, she became part of the resistance network there. She has since gotten very good at killing people. Way to go, Greta. And then there's the story that's set in the 60s. We meet two chess players, Michael, who's a student at Cambridge, and Yulia, who's a Russian prodigy. They meet at a tournament in London and take a liking to each other. That's a problem because Michael's the son of the U.S. Director of Naval Intelligence, and Yulia's the daughter of a Politburo official. Mm-hmm. Little Romeo and Juliet action there. A little bit. Several people want them together, and just as many people don't, Greta gets involved and the story leads on from there. This book has tension and history and spycraft. It hits London, Moscow, and Lithuania. The book has been out in the UK for a while. The reviews there were great. It just came out in the US. 
If you're looking for an intricately plotted thrill ride back to the Cold War era, consider taking a look. It's The Partisan by Patrick Worrell. And now our distraction of the week. Today we're talking with Jeremy Anderberg. He is the author of the free weekly newsletter, Read More Books on Substack. Jeremy, I hear you've got a great distraction of the week for us. I do. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So my distraction is this book discovery platform called shepherd.com. So let me give you just a little bit of background of how I landed here before I tell you about what it is. So as a book reviewer, I get bombarded by the book publicity marketing machine. Of yeah. This flood of, of new books, publicists who reach out to me, dozens of emails a week, right? And it's, you kind of, in that world, you see all the same books floating across Bookstagram and the, the bookish internet, right? So I've had this desire lately to find unheralded, unknown books that maybe I haven't heard of or in, you know, weird niche topics that you don't see often. And I remember this website I first stumbled across a couple years ago called shepherd.com. And it consists entirely of uh, lists of five books that are compiled by uh, authors who write in a certain niche topic or genre. According to the site, they have over 8,000 lists at the wow. moment. There's a lot of per- a lot of perusing you can yeah. do. Um, and I've, I've found, as I'm sure you guys have as well, that five books is a perfect number, right? It's not an overwhelming number. It's not too small of a sample size. It's like really a sweet spot where you can kind of dip your toes in a bit explore a little bit more deeply, but but not be overwhelmed. So I love that all of the lists are capped at five. Um, you guys obviously you know, know that sweet spot as well. What I love most is the, the random list button. So there's this, this button on both mobile web and on a regular web browser that takes you to a random list. So as I'm here with you right now, I'd like to read a couple as I hit the button just to give you an idea of what's out there. So the first one, the best books about the magic of bees for ages ten to fourteen. <laughs> Sounds delightful. I've yeah, yeah I've, like I've I've never heard of any of these. So this list was created by looks like someone uh, who wrote a book called The Bee Maker. So then she highlighted five other books, kind of in this world of bee books for juveniles, which is just awesome. A uh, next one here, the best literary horror novels that will get under your skin and stay there. So this this particular list as I'm looking now, there's like two books I've heard of, The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones, uh, House of Leaves by Mark Danielewski. Sure. The rest are, are books I've not heard of. So that's what I love about it is it, it tends to be a combination of like maybe one or two books that, that I'd be familiar with just for being present on the bookish web. And then inevitably a few that I haven't because these aren't folks who are you know beholden by the book marketing machine like I sometimes am as a reviewer. So that's my distraction. I love just hitting that random book list over and over again and finding myself minutes, hopefully not hours later, having added way too many books to my list. Don't you love that feeling when you find a book that is new to you that sounds like you're going to love it and you've literally never heard anything about it before. Like that just feels like a treat. It really does. And it's, it's always such a surprise. And I I don't know why, but I I think sometimes for bookish people, we think we kind of know everything that's out there. Right. Even though that's impossible just by the nature of how many books there are, but I especially love it. You know, when, when I find a new book that's been recommended to me, 
And I, I love to not know anything about it. When I go into it too, I'll, I'll skip the back cover, everything and just open it and start reading. Yeah. And it's, it's such a delight. Even, you know, when I'm, when I'm surprised by a plot twist that happens early on, that's like described on the book jacket, but it's a surprise to me because I, I haven't, uh, haven't read that or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's such a fun. It's like one of the great delights of being a reader is finding an unknown book that you love and want to share with the world, right? Strong agree. That was Jeremy Anderberg recommending the book-finding service Shepherd.com. Jeremy is the author of the newsletter Read More Books. He also runs a reading project called The Big Read, where he leads a group of readers through classic books. The thing that's really cool about The Big Read is that he often tackles books that are long or dense. Yeah. And he provides a reading schedule to kind of keep everyone on track. And each week there's little recaps and interviews and discussions to kind of keep everyone moving through the book. It's really a nice community read-along. In the next few weeks, they're starting The Count of Monte Cristo. Later this year, he'll be covering The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson and East of Eden by John Steinbeck. If you want to get in on any of that, we'll put a link in the show notes. Visit strongsenseofplace.com slash library for everything you need to know about Jeremy, Shepherd.com, and the books we discussed today. Thanks for joining us in the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself. Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.